like for you to go with me to Genesis, the 50th chapter. A wonderful, incredible conclusion to a powerful story. Genesis 50, verse 20. The past several sessions, we've been talking about destiny and legacy and purpose and potential. We've talked about what happens when we come to the house of God and we bring our family and they grow and they learn. It is a blessing for us to be able to go on Tuesday night ministry, Friday night ministry, Sunday morning ministry. And if you really look, you would probably find something every single day of the week, someone is gathering together to make the church stronger and to make the church healthier. When I talk of legacy and I, I talk of destiny, I'm reminded of a story. Uh, I've shared this several times, but not recently. A story about two guys that grew up at uh, the same time. They were born in the same city, went to pretty much the same schools, and uh, had the same input, same, same education. One of them, his name was Max Jukes. Max Jukes was a godless heathen that resented and hated things of God. Of the 500 of his descendants, 310 died as paupers, 150 as criminals, seven as murderers, 100 as drunkards, and more than half of the women were prostitutes. That's a guy that didn't believe in God, didn't have his trust in God, didn't bring his family, heard the things of God. And then there's this guy by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards wrote a sermon entitled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, Powerful. The Bible says, or, or history says that when he shared that sermon, people would run to the altar. Hundreds, thousands were, were touched by God. But not looking at his ministry, but looking at his descendants, the same way we look at the atheist Jonathan Edwards, an investigation was made of 1,394 descendants. 13 became college presidents, 65 college professors, three United States senators, 30 judges, 100 lawyers, 60 physicians, 75 Army and Navy officers, 100 preachers and missionaries, 60 authors of preeminence, one vice president of the United States, 80 became, pub 80 became college graduates, among whom were governors of states and missionaries to foreign countries. What a powerful truth. What a powerful legacy that not just us, not just our relationship with the Lord, but when we go out of our way to make sure our kids are in the house of, are in the, house of the Lord, we're going to see the results of that. We're going we're to see God honor that and God bless that. And I was thinking today, and, and several have a quiver full, but I was thinking about Gene. He's got six. He can, like, aim north, south, east, and west, and east, west, and northwest. He some different areas. I think about his kids are here every Sunday morning in the house of God. And they're so polite and so respectful as your kids are. But I think God is just allowing us to see his purpose and plan for our life. Now, Gene and Leila, this is by no means a word of prophecy for you to have another child. I just want to make sure you don't take, take that freedom there because... You never know what God's up to. You never know. So, but uh, we're just pleased with what God is doing in our, ch in our children's ministry, in our youth ministry, in the family ministry. Genesis, the 50th chapter. Let me uh, do a little homework, if I may. Uh, Genesis is probably one of the most powerful books in the Bible because of the history 
it relates. It doesn't tell us where God came from. It simply says there was a God. It talks about creation. It talks about the flood. It talks about the Tower of Babel. It talks about all the things happening. And then it starts talking about a man by the name of Abraham who had faith and trust in God. And God spoke to Abraham and said that he would bless him and he would bless his seed. And his seed would be as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And we watch the life of Abraham as he has two sons. And we look at the life of Isaac. And we look at the life of Jacob. Jacob, who was one of the sons of Isaac. And then we look at the 12 sons that Jacob had. And we see from these 12 sons, which represent 12 tribes, we see how the world was blessed. In every single nation of the world, without exception, there is a Jewish root or a Jewish heritage or a Jewish community that's working together and living together. And how incredible that God would speak to this one man in the middle of nowhere and just tell him, whatever you want, ask. The sky is the limit. What a powerful, uh, what, a, what a promise. What a, what, a, what a visionary. And I want us not to sell ourselves short because I believe God is still trying to touch the nation. I believe God is still trying to raise up a godly heritage. I believe God is wanting to wave his presence, his glory. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited what God is doing in India. I'm, here, I'm, I'm excited what he's doing in different countries of the world. But I'd like for God to do something here so powerful that we couldn't walk in the door of any church because of the power of God and the glory of God, and we'd have to kind of sneak up on the presence of God. Wouldn't that be cool if there was such, a, if there was such an anointing and such a favor? And God has promised that. God has promised that. He says before the return of the Messiah, there will be a revival that will rock the world, literally rock the world. And the Bible says that there will be multitudes in the valley of decision. So every man, woman, boy, and girl who's ever lived is going to have to some kind of knowledge of the glory of God, and then they receive or they reject. I do not believe that God is coming back for an unhealthy bride. I don't believe he's coming back for a weak, anemic church. I believe God is coming back for a people that will praise him, that will worship him, and make him their priority and allow him to do what he does, and that is simply bless. It doesn't always start out awesome. It doesn't always start out fruitful. It, it's not always trumpets and bands and 76 trombones and all of that. Sometimes it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hassle, and a lot of frustration, which reminds me of the story of, of Joseph. In the story of Joseph, he is the baby. He has 10 brothers, and there's a special anointing on Joseph's life. Being the baby, he's spoiled by his dad. He, the, the baby comes from his favorite wife. We don't even go there. But, but, but Rachel gave him, gave him Joseph, and he, he loved Joseph. And he was a little older in age, and so Joseph was more like a grandbaby. So he blessed him and loved on him. And one day, he had a special coat made just for his son, well, I have learned, because I have a brother, if my parents do anything for my brother, I expect them to do the same thing to the very dollar sign to me. Tell me, I'm, am I the only person that? No, if he got, I want it. And uh, really, Christine and Courtney hasn't really been, uh, I've not seen a lot with that, but we do try. If we, get, if we get Courtney something, we try to get Christine something. It's just a thing that, that dads do. But Jacob kind of dropped the ball. He kind of... This was the baby. This was his wife's uh, first child. And she will later have a son by the name of Benjamin. She will die giving birth to Benjamin. 
But Joseph is kind of like just a little grand poopa. I mean, he is the cat's meow. He is the uh, all, all, all of that and a bag of chips. And unfortunately, his ten brothers hated him. One day, they were out doing whatever they were doing with the, with the sheep. They saw him walking towards them, and uh, he was a rat. He was a, he was a rat fink. How many you have never heard the word rat fink? You've never heard the word rat fink? Remember in, in, the, in, the, in the 60s and 70s, if you, were, if you told on somebody, you're a rat fink. Okay, Joseph was a rat fink. He would go and spy on the brothers, and then he would run home and tell Dad what the brothers were doing. Well, obviously, that's not, it might make friends with Dad, but it's not going to help you with your brothers. So one day they saw him and they decided that they were going to trash him. They were going to kill him. They threw him in a pit and they later decided to take him out of the pit and they sold him into slavery. So the baby of the family winds up in Pharaoh's house. You know the story. God blesses him. God touches him. And everything he touches prospers. There were some advances made towards him by the, by the, the uh, administrator's wife. He ignored her. He refused her temptation. Uh, she got disgruntled. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And she went to her husband and lied to him and told a bunch of story, stuff on Joseph. So again, he's sold again and thrown into another prison. Probably in that prison for 13 years. 17 years old when he went to prison. In that prison, 13 years. And while he's in that prison, he does the right thing. That's all I know how to say it. He does the right thing consistently over and over and over again. He didn't depend upon his gift to get him to where he needed to be because he only used his gift four times in the whole story of Joseph. But Joseph was faithful. He was consistent. Everything he touched turned to gold. And we know that there was a dream that Pharaoh had, and Pharaoh did not understand the dream. Most of you know the dream. There were seven fat uh, uh, cows, and out of the river, seven skinny cows came and ate the seven fat cows, and then he saw seven beautiful stalks of corn, now the river came stalks of corn, puny corn that ate the healthy corn. And it so much troubled him, he knew it was of God or a God, but he did not have the interpretation. And that generation got to realize Pharaoh was God. He was, he was the God of that land. And for him not to know the, tempta- the, the interpretation and for his soothsayers and magicians, no matter what they did, they couldn't, they, they couldn't find the answer. Well, then Pharaoh made the statement, if you don't find the answer to this, I'm going to kill you. Let me tell you, that'll change your motivation. And if you're you're working just to get a raise, that's fine. But if you're working to stay alive, how many know you're going to dig a little deeper, push a little harder, press on a little bit more? And this one guy, the butler, says, wait a minute. There's a guy. I forgot all about him. His name is Joseph. He's awesome. He's bad at the bone. Uh, He will probably have the interpretation. So they send for Joseph. And I like, I like what the, the Bible says. Before Joseph went and stood before the Pharaoh, he went, took a shower, shaved, put on his best, best clothing, and stood before Pharaoh. And he said, Pharaoh said, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you I can uh, diagnose your dream, but I know someone who can. Tell me your dream. Give me some time. I'll get back with you. I know I'm talking in 2017. I'm not sure they talk like that with sires and seers and all of that. But anyway, so he tells a dream, and he, he shares a dream. And immediately, Joseph gets the answer. He said, he said sir, he said, I, I'll tell you what the dream means. Egypt is about to experience the seven best years it's ever had in the whole history of the nation. You're going to be blessed. Your barns are going to blow out. You're just going to be, I mean, money's going to come in from every direction. 
but then seven skinny years are coming and it, of poverty, and it's going to hurt this country. It's going to hurt this nation. He said, I would recommend, and you talk about your own, your own job title, John. I recommend that you find a man and put him over the seven years of plenty, save, invest, so when the seven years of famine come, there will be something left for the nation. And Pharaoh looked at him and said, you know what? That's a great idea, and you're the man. One day in prison, the next day in a palace. One day at a pit, the next day, next day walking in all the provision of Pharaoh's court. Beautiful story. He finds a beautiful wife. He marries her. He has two sons. One son's name is Manasseh, and the name of Manasseh means the Lord hath caused me to forget. And the other name, the second son, his name was Ephraim, which means the Lord has blessed me. So when Joseph gets married, gets at his position, the number two man in Egypt, and, and marries a wife and has kids, he names the first one Manasseh because the Lord has helped me forget a lot of bad stuff. And when you look at his life as a baby, uh, bullied by his brothers, you look at the prison, you look at all the, all the years spent in prison. I mean, 13 years is a long time to be in prison. That's a, that's, one week is a long time to be in prison. Hello. But, it, but when he went all that stuff and went through all that, never saw his mom again, didn't know if he was ever going to see his dad, was eating food that was not kosher. He didn't like the diet. He didn't necessarily like Egyptians, but there he was. And he gives thanks by naming his son Manasseh, the Lord hath caused me to forget. And I believe that we're in a place sometimes in life that if we don't have the ability to forget the past, it's going to affect our future. The Apostle Paul, powerful scripture, he said, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We were talking a little earlier, I think, this week about things that God has done. And we come to a place in our life where we're not careful if we allow not just the failures of yesterday because the mistakes we made yesterday will make us ineligible for the effort to try to do it again. Does that help anybody? Nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to keep messing up. Nobody likes to keep dropping the ball. Can anybody relate? But Thomas Edison did, and he kept failing, he kept failing, he kept failing, he kept failing. And all of a sudden, bam, God blesses him and turns it all around. And this is where, this is where Joseph is at. I'm at a place where I can't stay where I'm at. i got to go somewhere else. Because if I stay where I'm at, I'm going to let bitterness and hurt and pain shut me down and mess me up. So I choose. Watch this. Paul said, this one thing I do. I make a decision. And I believe the Apostle Paul had a lot to, to lay on the altar and give back to God. He murdered Christians. You know the story. He, reads, he, he writes about half of the New Testament. He's where God wants him to be. And he said, but there's one thing that I need to do. I need to forget the events of yesterday and press on to the promises of tomorrow. And so sometimes I think when we look at the events of yesterday, we see them twofold. Certainly we see the mistakes. Certainly we see maybe a bad marriage, maybe a bad business, maybe a bad relationship, maybe financial, maybe emotional, maybe Maybe you're stressed out. There's certainly that in our past that, that we can bring remembrance to. But if we're not careful, sometimes we can allow the blessings. I believe they call it the hallmark and the hurt. Have you ever watched a hallmark movie? If you're not careful, you watch three or four in a row. But we have those, we have those, we have those hallmark days in our life. And maybe it was a day you got married, or maybe it was a day you, you got your first job, or maybe it was your first deer you harvested, your first fish you caught, 
But we all have good memories. But if you're not careful, good memories can stop you from pursuing better memories. I mean, when you look at your life and you look, you know, 64 years of age, a lot has trans- transpired in that, in that 64 years. I've seen God do a lot of things in my generation. I have, I have touched a glacier. I have climbed a pyramid. I looked at Seuss Spinks and talked to him face to face. I was trying to think of something. I, I, I stood on a live volcano where we could have lost our life and we didn't know it. And our guy didn't know it. And they're, on, they're, on, they're standing over, what, about 300 yards, just waving. And I said, man, the ground is hot. And the, the lava was flowing. Am I telling the truth? The lava was flowing. And I think about all the, all the great things we've seen, all the great things we've done. But if you're not careful, you can allow those good things to overshadow the things that God is trying to do if you compare. If you compare about the way it was yesterday, you're going to be disappointed by the, fu- by the future because God is wanting to do a new thing. And so here's what happens. Joseph has got the brothers. They're there. He tricked them into getting there. You know the story. And they're there. And he re- reveals himself to his brothers and said, I'm the one that you tried to take out. I'm the one that you tried to take out. I am, I am Joseph. He didn't look like Joseph. You got to remember Egyptian haircut, Egyptian clothes, had been there, th- had been there 13, no, 13, plus, yeah, he'd been there 13 years going on the, the seven-year window. And he didn't look like he used to look. Aren't you glad this morning you don't look the way you used to look? The song says, don't look for me to be in the place I used to be. There's been a change in me. I found a better way. Tanner, since I found the church and found the place to pray, a place to worship, there's been a change in me. Aren't you glad this morning you're not who you were last year? Aren't you glad today that you're stronger than you were yesterday? Aren't you glad that you've got a mark you're passing towards and you're going you're gonna to reach that goal? So the hallmarks and the hurts, you've got to come to a place in your life where you deal with them, identify them, and they move on. And then Paul said, this one thing I do, and I love the word reach there because it's actually an ath- athletic term. If I, if I were to just paint you a picture of uh, reach, I believe it was the last Super Bowl. In the closing minutes of the game, the ball was thrown, and somebody made that extra effort, you know, re- reached out there and grabbed that football and caught, you remember that play? Caught that play, and they won the Super Bowl, that, that one play. And then I, I think about soccer. I think about the goalie where that, where that ball's nailed to him, and he's got to make that extra effort to reach out there and then I think about the World Series where they hit the ball all the way over the fence. And right before it went over the fence, that, that ball player stuck that glove up there and made that extra effort. Did you ever notice when they're running a sprint? Did you ever notice when they're running, it seems like right there at the finish line, they, they, do that, they do that lunge? Keep your momentum before you pursuing your tomorrow instead of letting your momentum drag you down to yesterday. My Lord, that was a good word. I should say that again. Uh, I just I wrote down some things that I thought maybe Joseph might like for you to know. If Joseph were here, would like for you to know. He told his brothers, he goes, what you meant for evil, what you meant for evil, God turned for your good. Notice Joseph does not include himself here in this blessing. You know why? He hated being their mish. Hadn't seen his mom, hadn't seen his dad, hadn't seen his brothers, had not seen an Israelite, had married Egyptian woman, all the customs, all of that. He said, but what you meant for evil against me, God used that evil to turn around. Now you live and your generation is going to live and you're going to live and not die. 
I thought, what a, what a powerful truth. What a wonderful word. So let's look at some things that maybe Joseph, if he was here today, some things he might talk about where he's at. The first thing I want to tell you, when you're going through a tough time, know this. Everything can and will change. Everything can. Don't get used to anything. It doesn't matter how, how awesome it is, how incredible it is. Someone is going to come and mess it up and do something different. Can I have a friend? It may not matter whatever, what, maybe it's a job or a dating relationship or, a, or, or, or having children or, or, or be, being, being married. No matter where you're at, don't, get, don't enjoy being there too long because I promise you it's going to change. Because the, prom- the promises of God are new every morning. When a generation changes over and over and over again. But you've just got to realize where I'm at right now, I'm not going to get frustrated because tomorrow I'm going to be somewhere else. Do I help anybody in this building? I am not going to get frustrated where I'm at right now because this is all going to change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. God said, I'm the God of change. I'm the God that's greater that is in you than in the world. I'm going to change your destiny, change your purpose, change where you're at. Just keep doing the right things right. Just keep doing the right things right. The second thing, it simply says, oh, you've overcome challenges before. I couldn't even read my writing. That's pretty scary. When David stood before Goliath, Gene, he qualified himself because he said, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. And it wasn't for the sportsman's trophy, it wasn't to to put on the mantle place, they were trying to hurt my dad's sheep. Gene, he was more afraid of his dad than he was the lion. He knew if he went home without a sheep, he was going to get wore out. Come on, realize where he's at. That's his only responsibility, take care of the sheep. And if one of them gets, gets killed or hurt or drug off, Joseph is going to pay for it. So when the lion roared against the flock, Joseph, I'm, I'm sorry, David killed the, the lion because it's trying to destroy the flock. When the bear roared against the flock, David killed the bear. So here's what David said. You know what? This battle that I'm about to take on, I don't have a challenge with it because I've already, challenged, I've already took on two battles bigger. I've already killed the lion, the bear, and this Goliath is no different than a lion or a bear. He's going to die just the same way the lion and bear died. And David killed the Goliath and cut his head off and said, See, I told you so. See, I told you so. Know that where you're at right now, don't get overwhelmed by where you're at because you've already been here. You survived that. And now we're going to the next season of our life. And I know Mish, I know several of us can relate things going through, car wrecks, all kinds of stuff in, in our past. But we're not there anymore. We're healed, we're restored, we're moving on to the next place God wants us to be. The third thing I want to bring to your attention, oh, I know, it's, I know what happened, I skipped number three. So there's, there's not a number three, forget that, let's go to number four. <laughs> not getting what you want can be a blessing. Not getting what you blunt want can be a blessing. There are so many times in life, and even, even now we are prayerfully considering uh, a, a changing car, getting, get, getting another vehicle. And I, I got to reflecting back on all of the times that I was here. And, John, I can remember the time that I went and looked at a 70, 72 Stingray Corvette. I thought I couldn't live without that car. I, I didn't care that Corey couldn't fit in the back seat. That didn't even factor in. Baby, I'm styling and I'm profiling. 72 is a good year. I graduated from high school in, in, in 72. I said, this would be a good, this would be a good car to drive around. 
Well, that lasted about five minutes. And Pastor Rhonda didn't even entertain that. She just blew me off. Like, you're not getting a Corvette. You don't need a Corvette. Yes, I do. I need a Corvette. So, but when you look back in life, there are things that you went after and pursued. And had you got that, what would have happened if you married the first boy you dated? Think about that just for a minute. Ah. What about if you married the first, the first girl? The first girl you dated. You, you married the very first girl you dated. Where would your life be now? So I'm just going, you're right. I miss it. I should have married that. No, that's not the point I'm making. That's not the point. The point I'm making is, thank God you didn't get some of the stupid things you asked for when you were younger in the Lord. Thank God that that door didn't open. Thank God that job fell through. Thank God that relationship, God sucked it up and shut it down. So know that sometimes the things you don't get can be a blessing. That's good in it. And on this one, I thought you would love this. Allow yourself to have some fun. Sometimes you just got to celebrate you. Whether that's getting a bullet chilling, 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 bullet chilling. And putting, your, and putting your pajamas on 4 o'clock in the afternoon and sitting there eating chilling and, and set, uh, uh, Jack Reacher 24 all afternoon. If that, if that makes you feel better, you're allowed to do that once in a while. How many knows it's okay once in a while to go out and have fun? How many, how, how many knows it's okay to go out and plan to have fun and have fun? And there's just something about being a Christian that it's so easy to have fun. You don't have to have the, the, the drugs, the alcohol. You don't need any of that because you've got that helper on the inside of you. I believe the Holy Ghost loves to water ski. I believe he loves to surf. I believe he loves to go on long walks. I just, I just think in him we live and move and have our being. But in us, he lives, he moves, he has his being. How incredible is that? Jesus never got married, but he enjoys marriage through us. He never had kids, but he enjoys our grandkids. Isn't that crazy how that works? So it's okay once in a while to have fun. Look, look at somebody say, it's okay to smile. It's okay to smile. It's going to declare things in the kingdom of God. I remember a, um, a very large chicken conglomerate. Uh, they had a uh, board meeting, a multi-million dollar company, and uh, they come up with a bright idea, and they presented it to one of their bishops. And so uh, the bishop of uh, the Roman Catholic Church met this, met this board, and he said, what can I do for you guys today? I just, what, 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 why did you want to meet with me? He said, well, we wanted you to know that if you'll help us in the Lord's Prayer, we will donate $5 million to the Roman Catholic Church. And the Pope said, man, that's a chunk. The, the, the priest said, man, that's a chunk of change. He said, what, what do you want us to, to do? He said, we just want you to edit one word in the Lord's Prayer. We want you to say, our Father, which in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And instead of saying, thy will be done, say, thy chicken be done. Thy will be done, thy chicken come. Put that little chicken right there in that little insert, and we'll give you $5 million. And so the priest went to the archbishop, and they said, no, we can't do it. Well, a couple months later, they had another meeting with the, with the priest and said, listen, we, we'll, give you, we'll give you $50 million if you just change where it says, give us our daily bread. Say, give us our chicken. And, and he said, man, he, he said, guys, I'll go check. But the bishop said no. So the third time, Pastor Todd, or winding it down, they said, listen, we will give the Roman Catholic Church $100 million if you'll change just that little word. That, that will be done, that chicken become. And, and uh, so he went back, to the, went back to the board, went back to the, the, the bishops. He presented the plan. They said, what do you think? He said, well, 
I think, I think it's a wonderful plan. The only challenge, if we accept this bid, we may lose the support from Wonder Bread. <laughs> Give us this day our daily. And guys, if I got to start. <laughs> if I. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Getting what you want can be a blessing. Allow to have some fun. And here's something I think is, is kind of neat. I'm, I'm seeing on, on social media uh, quite a bit that people are using social media to uh, put themselves down and uh, using, using the negative twist of social media. You know, it's okay to say good things about good things that are happening in the kingdom. It's okay to let your voice be known. It's okay to let your voice be heard. But remember, two people are watching your voice. There's a one that needs to hear what you need to say and the second one that doesn't. So if you're going to address something on Facebook about being personal and blessing, just try to stay on the positive because you would be blown. No, you probably wouldn't be blown away, but there are people that live for that little ding on that phone. They literally, they literally live for that, and they're constantly surfing. They're constantly chanting, constantly looking for something. If God opens a door on facial media for you to have a, some kind of influence, and people to listen to you, try to say something positive that will bless them, and that, that in turn will bless you. Number seven, other people's negativity isn't worth worrying about. Other people's negativity ain't worth worrying about. Listen, I am not going to get in your pity party. I am not going to get down there in the junk with you. God brought me out of that place, set me on a rock. I have no intentions of getting back down there again. Hello, I'm not going to surround myself with negative, critical people. I'm going to surround myself with people that love God, have a vision, have a purpose. I want people in my life like Pastor Billy that I can call him when I need spiritual direction. I want people like Marcus Lamb in my life that when financially church, church, church needs some help or we need some direction, we can contact them. I want those people in my life to better me, to help me. And hopefully I'm in someone's life to better them, to help them, and bless them. Give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation as God has blessed you. And then in, in conclusion, number eight. Remember, we didn't have number three, so it's really number seven. Because four didn't. Okay, there you have it. Number eight slash seven. There is always something. There will always be something to be thankful for. Matt, I share this story because you may remember. Um, several years ago, we did quite an intense teaching on uh, destiny and nudges and uh, hearing the voice of God and pr pursuing the things of God and following up on the things of God. And There was a young couple, Sharp. Uh, Matt, this, this would have been 20, 25 years ago. And uh, young, young married, no kids, came to church, faithful, consistent, planted. And uh, one, after, one afternoon or one morning or whatever, I got a phone call that uh, the husband wanted to meet with me. And I believe I went, I believe it was a Starbucks downtown. I think it was the only Starbucks at that time. And I sat down with this young man. And I said, what's going on? He says, well, he said, I, he said, I have a good idea. I just want to know if it's a God idea. I said, okay. He said, I envision... Um, going into a market, going into a convenience store, 
going into a gas station market, and I envision a little, a little stand with fruit, fruit on, on a little stand, and when you're going to pay for your gas or get a Coke, you can pick up a banana or, or whatever. And so we sat down and talked about it. And I asked him, I said, where did you get, where did you get that idea? And Mish, you might remember this, but there was a window when every day Church of the Harvest provided a fruit bowl to both hospitals here in the emergency room. In other words, when you went, if there was an emergency and you were in intensive care waiting room, on the snack bar there, there was uh, fresh fruit, there was some cookies, there was some stuff that you could do. And he said, you know, I, I saw that in the hospital. And I said, why couldn't we do this? Do you remember that? Do you remember that, Matt? Did you know he turned around and sold that business for over a million dollars? And, and right now, I think it's four, I Googled it, there's four states, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. How many has ever walked into a store and seen a little stand there? They started at 69 cents. That was my counsel. I said, keep it cheap, keep it cheap. And then I, I said, I would throw an apple or an orange in there. So they did bananas, apples, and oranges. How many, you've never seen that in a store? You've never, so all of us can relate to that. That was birthed out of this house because of a ministry this house was involved in. So no, don't allow limitations on your dreams. Don't allow limitations on your expectations. Deal with your, with your hurts and hallmarks and that, that, that pressing on, P-U-S-H, right? Push, pray until something happens. Pray until something, yeah. Push, don't be afraid to push. I'll come up with a drag. You're not a drag. You're not dragging, then you're pushing, and we're pursuing the things of God. Can we pray? We thank you for your favor upon us. We thank you for this beautiful day, a healthy house. We thank you for those you're touching and strengthening, those we brought before you that need a touch in their body, touch in their spirit, touch in their marriage, touch in their money. Do that as we corporately stand in the gap for them. Let your light so shine upon us. Let us be that light in a dark place. Let us dream dreams. Let us see visions. Like Joseph, give us the, 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 the timing when to interpret the dream. Give us the timing when to step forward and be what you call us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You love the Lord today. We're going to give you a chance to sow into the kingdom of God. How powerful to be sowing. Matt, did you stay up with that guy that did that, that fruit? They moved to Knoxville. And they started another business. And uh, through the years, every once in a while, there'd be a check in the mail or he would bless, remember. I appreciate that. By the way, if you get some crazy idea this morning and it turns into a million dollars, make sure and tie to the source, will you please? Make sure, the, make, <laughs> throw, me, throw me a few peanuts or something like that. Uh, if you're offering, I'm going to lift your hand. Everybody good? Absolutely.